All right, welcome back, everyone. Joining me now is a gentleman you saw do probably some of his most impressive work of his career, which is saying a lot, given how distinguished it is. He got a big win over Mateusz Gamrod at UFC 280. He joins us now from, I think, King's MMA, right? Yeah. Benil Dariush. Is- Hi, Benil. How are you? Doing good. This is King's MMA Anaheim. I uh, just trained with uh, my teammate, Nolan. We, um, you know, we've been just trying to get back into it slow. Nothing crazy, but we've been trying to train. You, you went all that way. You didn't take a vacation. You don't vacation very much. Well, vacations are, um, they're tough, you know, because, uh, you know, we just left for two weeks and then our family's mad at us because we took the baby with us, you know, and they're like, you can't leave again. And then I plan on going on a mission trip and I'm taking the family again. So I'm not, I'm not allowed to leave at the moment. So <laughs> okay. I gotta, I gotta st- stay home. All right, fair enough. Well, let's talk about that win at UFC 280. I guess the first question I would ask is, have you gone back and watched it on tape? And if so, what were your takeaways? I haven't been able to actually watch it that well because uh, I don't get a free ESPN, right? So I have to pay like 75 bucks. And I'm like, I'm not paying 75 bucks to watch this. I was there. <laughs> so um, that, that being said, uh, I, I've watched it a little bit here and there. And um you know, my thing was, uh, the, the thing that bothered me was that he got me down. I didn't think he was going to be able to get me down even once. I like overall the fight. It's just, I was really surprised with his speed and his distant management. He was, even though he's not, uh, people like don't talk about his striking. He was very hard to hit. He was very hard to find. His footwork was really good. Mm. And, uh, anytime I would try to put him in danger with, with the, with the striking, he would find a way to shoot, just go for the legs. And, and, you know, I, I, obviously I stopped a lot of takedowns, but it didn't change the fact that it made me think twice about going after him and being more aggressive. And then finally the third round, what I had to do was, was kind of change the game plan, uh, which, uh, which was have him come to me. I started backing up. I even went to the cage kind of to, um, to bait him. And then he finally came. And that was, that was finally when I was able to really hit him because all my other shots, none of them really felt like they touched until that one, one, um, one uh, uh, overhand, I think. Did you feel confident uh, heading into the third round? You dropped him in the third, right? And he was actually, that was, that was the part where he was coming to you, actually. But did yeah. you feel confident like you, that you'd had two rounds in the bag? No. So my, I remember my coach saying, listen, we won the first, but we're going to act like we lost it. I was like, okay, that's fine. I feel like I lost it anyways. I didn't feel great about the round. Uh, the second one I felt better about. And Master Alphile was really stoked on it. I was like, okay, I don't know. You know, when I'm in there, I never think I'm winning unless I'm doing like really well. Uh, and then, uh, and then the third round when I dropped him, I knew I won that round. So I, I felt a, a little bit more calm. And um, you know, my coaches were so on me on this fight about being disciplined. Uh, they were so focused on, hey, listen, we know you like to go wild, but please don't. Just for this fight, please stick to the game plan. Don't be wild. You know, focus on your jab. Not everything has to be a left hand and, and, and things like that. And, uh, and it was, while I enjoyed the fight, I do enjoy making a mess out of a fight. I, I, I like messy fights. They're, they're a good time. All right. What did, what did you plan for that ended up working out really well? What was something that you had knew you were going to anticipate, you trained around it, and it was executed like, oh, you couldn't be happier with it? The oh, Get out of here, buddy. I'm trying to have a conversation. Uh, sorry, that's my dog. Um, the, the fake knees, the knees to the, to the kicks, I would, um, 
I would fake uh, fake my knee. I would show the knee. And then uh, once he would think I was going to throw a knee again, I would throw a kick. And then another thing that, uh, that worked kind of well was the crucifix. It, uh, it, it didn't look like I was doing a crucifix, but I had him in there in the first round for about a minute in the crucifix. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't secure enough to uh, get the finish from it or roll him over. But I, overall, I was able to control him for about a minute, which is great. And uh, I just need to continue to work on that. The, the other thing I would say is the keeping my chin down and, and hands up and forcing him to take bad shots. It's a lot easier. To, this is something my, my coach keeps telling me. It's a lot easier to sprawl with your chin down. It's not that easy to sprawl with your chin up. If you're moving up, uh, moving backwards with your chin up, people get to your legs a lot easier. I need you to, and he kept saying, I need you to keep your chin down, hands up, chin, chin down, hands up. And I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I get it. I get it. Don't fight like I usually fight. No problem. We'll do that. And so I think those are the things that really worked. The reason why the sprawl was on point was because my chin was always down. My eyes were all my own opponent and I could see him shooting because I could see the shot. I could sprawl a lot easier. I was never moving back when he was shooting. And, and, and I think that helped me a lot. How would you describe some of your wrestling defense? Because sometimes he was able to get in on a shot, but then there'd be a scramble afterwards. And it seemed like you had a pretty concerted strategy once that happened. What were you trying to do? So as far as uh, the, the sprawl itself, the goal was to sprawl, be heavy, make him work. And if, if, if the opportunity presented himself itself to, to get behind him, you know, uh, uh, grab, uh, grab the neck or find a way to get behind him. But he's really hard. He scrambles really well. You know, he does a great scrambles. And I, I was able to actually get behind him once or twice when I reversed the the, the, the shot. But he scrambled and, and ended up on top once. And then one time he scrambled and got it up. So that's how frustrating it was to fight him. He's such a good grappler. Uh, mm. That was the goal with the, uh, the sprawls was to find a way to score off the sprawl. But he did a great job defending that. But at the same time, it, it allowed me to get back up and into my comfort zone of striking where I think he's less comfortable. Now, it brings us to this point about this phenomenal win streak you're on, which is four years plus now. It'll be five, I think, here pretty soon. Um, to what do you attribute it to? Because obviously since the Saryukian fight, the opponents have really turned a corner in terms of their difficulty, but it was like you were fighting scrubs before that. And so you've got this nice, long win streak. To, uh, why is it Why is it all coming together now? Uh, I think there's a couple of things, you know. Um, one thing is being healthy my neck injury was a lot worse than I thought it was. And uh, I never really respected the injury and I kept trying to train through it. This was a while ago. I, I, I messed up my neck and I thought it was going to be fine, but it turned out it wasn't. And it, it caused a lot of atrophy. And then another one I think is, you know, God has to humble you. And I think what he did was he humbled me at that time. I was ranked like number six or seven and he completely took me out of the rankings. And he had to remind me like, listen, this is, it's going to be by my power by my spirit, it's not going to be by you. And so it was one of those things where I had to uh, give everything up, basically. I, I remember after the Hernandez fight, I, I was, I said, I remember praying, saying, if, if, it's, if it's time for me to retire, I'll retire. I just need to know what's going on here. I need to know why this is happening. And uh, my wife actually ended up making an appointment with a concussion specialist. I went to him and he's like, you're not even concussed. I'm like, how could that be? I just, I had one of the worst knockouts of, he's like, you're not really showing any signs of concussion. 
And then he looked into my body, started like checking me out. And he said, dude, he said, your neck's the worst neck I've ever seen. He, mm -hmm. Yeah. He asked me to, he asked me to turn to look to my left and I did, I turned my whole body. He's like, no, 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 just your neck. And I, and I realized I couldn't turn my neck. And so just that, I think that's been one of the biggest things is being able to stay healthy. I got into physical therapy after that. I saw the UFC, uh, Heather, and, and I got into physical therapy and I stayed in physical therapy. I am back in physical therapy right now. I, I have physical therapy right now, probably around four times a week. And then mm. as the fight gets closer, I'll drop down to like two to one time a week because uh, I, my body can't handle all the training. But it's the reason why I'm able to train again more. And, and I think that's been a big factor, big factor is just being healthy. No doubt about it. Um, and obviously, like when you look at your skill set, how do you and obviously you think you're competitive against the rest of the division? Obviously, you wouldn't be trying to do as well as you have been. But I guess like when you examine where you stack up against the rest of the division, how do you feel like the various portions of your game threaten the top fighters? I mean, I try to look at these guys and I try to be as objective as possible, but I, I don't feel like there's a place that I'm going to lose. When I when I think of Makachev or I think of uh, even with Gamera, I really wanted to take him down. My coaches were like, no, we're going to we're going to stick to we're going to fight a smart fight, basically expose his weaknesses and stop trying to fight him in his strengths and whatever. OK, but I don't see a weakness in my game. I can wrestle with you. I can do jiu-jitsu with you. I can strike with you. And, and it doesn't matter who you are and which one is your strength. I think with as far as uh, Makachev goes. We can wrestle if we need to wrestle. No problem. If it's striking, we can strike. And obviously, striking is looking really crisp. He's He looks like such a fun fight for me because in reality, I have to be disciplined, but there's going to be like moments of chaos. And I love that. And I love to see what's going to happen in those moments. So that's a fight I really want. Charles, that fight I want too, but I don't know where Charles is mentally right now. And I'm not one to like, kick a man while he's down so if charles is an option i'd love to fight him and then there's a lot of other guys i want to fight too but uh yeah we'll, we'll get to them when when the time comes have you or your manager talked to ufc about next steps yeah we, we, we've talked uh we're actually supposed to meet on wednesday uh i'm oh. supposed to meet with them on wednesday and and see what the game plan is what what they would like from me and what i want from them and just just kind of get an idea what the what the future holds. You know, I, I love being in the UFC. I get to fight the best guys in the world. And, um, you know, there's very little BS about it. There is some BS. Don't get me wrong. I, I, there's some guys I haven't been able to fight. But overall, I get to fight the best guys in the world. In my opinion, Gamrot was uh, easily top five, maybe top three in the world. But um, And we'll, we'll, I think, you know, eventually he'll move up there. But uh, I got to fight him early, which is great. Uh, so I get to fight guys like that. And I enjoy that. All right, let's just assume for the sake of argument, this may not happen at all, but just for the purposes of conversation, where right, we got Makachev is going to fight Volkanovsky next. For whatever reason, you can't get the winner of that, which could be, who knows, someone, the, the, the winner's injured or, you know, who the, the, you, you know how this goes, that things always happen. If that's not on the table and you don't want to fight Charles, what is on the table? So I, I'm not saying I don't want to fight Charles. I'm saying if Charles is available, let's go. I'm definitely down, but I don't want to like push him into a fight. Be like, Hey, he doesn't want to fight me or whatever. I definitely oh, want I to fight Charles. Um, let's see if, if I can't, and I, I'm not going to wait for, I, 
I'm not going to wait for them to fight and then fight. That'll be like another year afterwards. So ideally I'd like to fight somewhere in the next four or five months. Um, that being said, um, you know, I, I think uh, Wolkanovsky should really consider fighting Arnold Allen. I'll fight uh, Makachev and then we'll, we'll uh, unite hmm. the belts, but whatever. They don't want to do that. That's fine too. I think that's a better idea because I think it builds it up more because we just, they just started building this. There's, there's really no, there's no steam behind it, but if, you put me against uh, Makachev in, in Perth and you put him against Allen and, and, you know, everything goes the way it's supposed to. It's, it's a, I think it's a better fight, you know, uh, but whatever. That so being let me, said, yeah, ideally, I mean, I've, I've tried fighting Chandler and, and, and Poirier and I haven't really gotten much of a response back. So I'm not going to really chase that fight. And then and, uh, as far as the top 10, top five goes, I'm trying to think who's available. Um, I have the rankings here somewhere. Yeah. Uh, where are they? Here we go. In your division, it would be, let's see. So this is just the rankings. This is not my personal preference per se. One is Charles. Two is Poirier. Three is Gaethje. Four is you. Five is Chandler. Then there's Fazeev, Dos Anjos, Gamrat, Saryuki, and Turner. All right. So let's go like this. Gaethje, I'm going to be honest with you. We're buddies. I've told them we can fight, but let's do it for the belt. So I, I, I'm not really interested in the Gaethje fight. Uh, obviously Dustin Poirier and Chandler were, were my first option, but I never got that fight. And that's why I ended up fighting Gamrot. That leaves me with uh Fazeev. That'd mm-hmm. be a fun fight. I would really enjoy that fight because as far as the striking goes, I would, you know, he's going to put pressure on me and he's one of the few people that I think can put pressure on me. And, and uh, I'd like to see how I would feel in, in, in a fight with a guy like that. Uh, obviously Hoffa is, Hoffa is like my older brother. He, when I was in the, uh, when I first got into the UFC Dos Anjos, he, he brought me up. Uh, he, he helped me. He taught me how to cut weight. He taught me how to uh, prepare for the fight uh, mentally, spiritually. So that, that's never going to happen. And then uh, who else was there? It was Gamron. And who was after that? And Saru- uh, sorry, you can, but now you're talking about the guys sitting at nine and 10 in the rankings. It just doesn't make Listen, a lot of sense for you to fight them. Sarukian is going to be in that, in the, in the next uh, maybe not even a couple of years. The next year or year and a half, he might be right there in the top seven, top five. So uh, I look forward to that fight too. Uh, <laughs> he would be really interesting because I think he's stronger than Gamrot, uh, but he, he's not able to keep up the same kind of pace. That's what happened in their fight. You know, Gamrot had a higher pace. So, and I think he uh, he's more willing to strike. So it would force a striking battle. Man, I'm trying to think what would be the best approach for a guy like Sharukin. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's a really interesting fight. So, I, I guess right now my, my options are the winner of uh, Dustin Poirier, uh, Charles, or Fazeev. Those, those are the three options. Uh, Any of those from the fans' perspective, those are bangers, all of them. Yeah, those are great fights, right? So, let's just, let's just figure this out and move forward, you know? I don't, I don't want to sit out for another eight months, nine months, a uh, year and a half. I'm... Um, I love, I love fighting. I, I just want to fight, you know, and uh, they could, I'm, you know, you're not going to be able to dangle the belt in front of me. Like it, it doesn't, it, the belt doesn't make me feel special. I, I know who I am. I know what I'm worth and I know what God has made me uh, put, put me on this earth to do. So the belt is cool. I'd love to get it, but ideally I just want to make sure I don't wait, uh, waste my talents. So I want to get back in there as soon as I can. Fair enough. Uh, very quickly. Who do you like in the fight between Poirier and Chandler? 
Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. It's a three-round fight. Yeah. If Chandler fights smart, he should be able to win this fight. But I think Chandler right now, he's so focused on being exciting. He's so focused on being entertaining. And, and for the fans, he, he you know puts himself in really bad situations. Uh, I think if he goes out there, uh, plays a very conservative striking game, uh, a lot of wrestling, he should be able to pull this off. But in reality, I think Dustin Poirier is going to end up winning this fight because uh, – uh, Chandler's going to try to be more than he needs to be. And I think he's going to end up uh, losing the fight because of that. So then let's talk about Charles. Oh, excuse me. Let's talk about Islam for just a minute. After watching him compete many of these years, but certainly against Charles at UFC 280, if they did come to you and say, you know what, we're going to scrap the Volkanovsky idea, you're next. Give me just give me just like a sense of things. I know you're not going to reveal a game plan, but give me a sense of what is required to beat an opponent like that. You just... I think you have to not be stressed because everybody that fights them seems so stressed. You got to love the fight. Like you got to be in that fight and you got to enjoy that process. And so I think that's a big key. Get in there and enjoy that process because everybody seems so stressed when they fight them. I mean, Charles, man, he, he seems so almost nervous. He, the first punch Islam threw landed and it landed hard. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Charles, Charles normally keeps a good distance, throws a lot of knees, throws a lot of push kicks, flying stuff, and he did nearly none of that. He kept trying to go really close and, and throw his hands and, and, and clinch with him. And I'm like, I thought that would be the opposite of the, of the game plan. So I think, I think in order to beat Islam, you just got to love fighting. You just got to enjoy the fight and, and go in there. And obviously, my coaches are going to be much more disciplined, have a game plan, and whatever it is, I'll try my best to follow it. But ultimately, there's going to be chaos. You got to enjoy the chaos. You got to be willing to be like, oh, crap, I lost this position. Let me see how I can reverse this. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, okay, he got this. Let me, let me see what I can do with that. You know, it's just, it didn't look like Charles was, was trying to do that. He got taken down. He's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try some jiu-jitsu. If it works, cool. If not, I'm going to stay here. He never tried to get up. He never tried to, um, attack the legs. He never tried to stand up and, 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 you know, use his, his distance. It just was a strange fight, man. I, I don't know, but that's Charles, I guess he could, he's one day, he's the best in the world. Another day he's, uh, he's so insecure and, and unsure of himself. That's fighting too, right? Sometimes you yeah. have the right day. Sometimes you have the wrong day. I guess he had the wrong day that day, but if it, it, let me ask you about Volkanovsky's chances, because I obviously, like like most people, I have an enormous amount of respect for his abilities, but I think we all recognize this is a 
tough task. It's a tough assignment to go against Makachev if they end up going through with it all the way. So let me reverse the roles here. If you could give one piece of advice to Volkanovsky, like he called you up and said, Benil, I need you in my corner and nobody else. What would you say to him? I think Volkanovsky's striking style is great for this fight. But what I think uh, Islam is going to do is going to implement a lot of clinching. It'll be tie clinch, wrestling clinch. It'll be judo, uh, judo throw, stuff like that to, to uh, wear on him. Because we've seen, uh, we've seen Volk go 5-5 five, five striking and, and do it easy almost. It, it didn't even look like he was tired at the end of the fifth round, which is incredible. He really is incredible. But I, what I think is going to happen is uh, I don't think Islam's going to shoot a lot because, because um, Islam just in general doesn't shoot a lot. You know, I studied, I was supposed to fight him, so I studied him a lot. He doesn't shoot a lot. He finds a way to get you to the, to the cage. He finds a way to clinch, clinch you up. And from the clinches, from things like that, he gets his takedowns. And I think if 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 I'm if I'm sitting back from uh, Islam's point of view, I would I would look to do that. I would look to make a lot of uh, situations where where he can create a clinch, and then look for the takedowns. Once he has the clinches, he could definitely he could basically put his weight on him, uh, be heavy, and uh, it might not be the most uh, exciting fight, but it'll it'll you know, slowly where, where down Volkanovski were, and then that's how he's going to win the fight. So I would say if, if you're going to prepare for this, be ready to tie clinch, be ready to uh, uh, defend the body lock clinches, knowing your head position, knowing where your footwork needs to be. Because people think, oh, when you lock your hands with somebody, it's just you, you have to, I don't know, you have to be stronger. But actually, head position is really important for a clinching. Head position is ex- extremely important. And uh, footwork as well, having your hips in. So I think the thing I would say to him is make sure you know where your head needs to be when you clinch and uh, always have your hips under you so he doesn't throw you with his, uh, with, with his judo throws. That would be my advice. All right. Now, before we close this conversation, I have to ask you a question that has been on my mind for a little while, which is, you know, listen, you have to remember the vast majority of fighters I talk to, they're chasing a prize, which is the belt, or they're chasing money. After all, it is prize fighting, right? That's what they're in there for. And I don't begrudge anyone for whatever reason they're in. They're in for the reasons that they're in, and you have to leave it at that. People will make their own decisions. But if the belt doesn't super motivate you, and of course you're trying to feed your family, but it doesn't sound like you're trying to get like Conor McGregor rich. Let me ask you this question. What, why do you fight? What is it that motivates you as a career path and it seems like as a way to express personal identity as well listen i i like i said before i love fighting so there's that but in reality my greatest motivation is i'm telling you god has given me a gift i will not squander it i will not imagine imagine the 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 creator of the universe gives you a a gift and you just toss it away and you just waste it bro that's I mean, when you look at it like that, it's so heavy. I don't, I don't miss a practice. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't miss anything. I make sure I, I study tape. I do whatever it takes because I know this is a blessing I have and I'm not going to waste it. So I think that is my greatest motivator. I don't want to stand before my maker one day and say, Hey, I squandered this. That would, that would, uh, that would be scary. <laughs> Well, perfect for Halloween, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Benil, 
congrats on your success what a performance man really really top of the top of the uh the food chain you really put yourself in and i don't know what happens next i guess you got some answers on wednesday but i can't yeah. wait to see it and i really appreciate your time yeah um this one was good i have a feeling the next one's gonna be way better just a feeling but who knows yeah we shall see i can't wait to see it thank you so much benil my pleasure take care